0: We don't care who's listening or who's not listening. What you got planned in 2018? How about a little Pacer pod? What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers pod. It is March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day on a Sunday afternoon. And it's uh, bracket day today. This is uh, the day when the NCAA releases the bracket. What's that called? Sunday? Bracket Sunday? I don't know. But... uh, This has been the year that I've watched the least amount of college basketball uh, by far. I don't even know if I've watched. Well, I think I may have only watched one full game this year. So, I'm not proud of that, but it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm still excited to fill out a bracket and just guess, follow along that way. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, if I will get back into college maybe if If IU was good, I I would probably follow them more. Unfortunately, I'd probably be that guy But just the amount of Pacers that I've been watching this year, it's like well, I don't really I don't really want to spend Any much much more time watching basketball and especially, you know, just college is just inferior. I mean yeah, you get the good atmosphere and the play is good enough. Like it's good. It's not like it's watching um, fifth grade basketball or something. It's uh, it's good play. Right. But I don't know. The NBA is just the, the best players in college are going to be trying to be the best players in the NBA. Um, so the, the NBA is just so much better. And I just, you know, something about following someone that's a professional. That's a, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, where was I going with that? I don't know. I think I just, I was just talking about how I like, I like the NBA better. But this is the time of the year to watch some college. Thursday and Friday is always really cool. I love it because at work, you know, you don't have to really. Do a whole lot you can it's, it's a reason to just kind of be uh, in and out um, But anyways, hope everybody's doing good. I had a good week Um. Wish the same to everybody and The Pacers had a good week Pacers looked really really good this week. I have to give them I Will give them an a an a grade. I liked the fact that they competed really hard in um, all three games, really. So they had the Knicks. Um, the so okay. So this was coming off of. You know the the Pacers are now into their the tough part of their schedule, and it started with away games at Philly and Milwaukee last week, and it was. Uh, you know the Pacers lost both those games pretty sound. I think by like fifteen or fifteen or more points in both games, and it was just kind of a defeating couple losses because you started to think, well, can they really beat any good teams, especially uh, without Oladipo? Um, and then, you know, then then they started against the Knicks. They have home game against the Knicks. It was not a it was not a great looking win. It was definitely it was ugly. Uh, it was kind of sloppy, um, but the Pacers ended up getting a 103 to 98 win, uh, beat the Knicks, uh, you know, sc- stop the stop the losing streak. Uh, bogey had 24 points. Yeah, really, it was just a balanced attack. You know, the the Pacers had seven guys in double figures that game. Um, or no, I'm sorry, they were two points away. Uh McDermott, I think, only had eight. And if he would have had ten, then that would be seven. Um, there's a cool—I don't know if it's cool. You can decide if it's cool or not. Um, moment where Miles Turner, I believe he—he was—he was—he was pretty close to the basket, and, and uh, was—I think he—I believe he was shooting, and, and maybe got fouled, and um, his lost his headband in the process, and Sabonis picks up the headband. And like, tries to put it on Miles' head. Miles' head for him. Uh, it was kind of a funny moment just to see the guys like Sabonis. It just made me like all of these little things about Sabonis is just awesome. He he's just so, he looks like a guy that would be an awesome teammate. Um, but yeah, he uh, so he puts Turner's uh, headband on him. <laughs> um, I just thought that was unique. The The trend that I had pointed out with the big men, you know, kind of... last On the last podcast I did, I, I talked about how uh, big men tend to usually have really big games against the Pacers, um, the opposing team's big men. And this, this game, DeAndre had 16 rebounds. Um, it's just physical big dudes are just make they just have what they have their way with the Pacers big guys. Um Turner's just not um as physical as a lot of these other big men. And it's weird because he kind of has the body to be physical. Like he's pretty tall, but I don't know. He's hit or miss, right? I I just think he I don't know what it is. Like he just seems to always be in kind of in the wrong position to to secure rebounds and or to keep the other the other opposing big off of the offensive rebound. But um, I don't know. I don't know. That's just. I don't know if he can fix that or if. Um, one thing I thought about was like, okay, what if you played. Sabonis and Turner at the same time, which, you know, uh, that was kind of a trend this past week. And I'll get into that with the Thunder and the uh, Nuggets game. But if you played like on offense, Turner as like a stretch four and Sabonis, you know, being the traditional like five on the post, because really Turner's starting to show that he prefers to shoot jump shots. He he'd, he'd rather jump shot, take jump shots, and 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 maybe put the ball on the floor and drive to the basket, rather than just posting up the way that Sabonis likes to kind of get the ball in the post. I think I, I don't know I didn't I have not like looked up the numbers on this. It's just from what I when I'm watching the game, this is what I was thinking about. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe you know maybe Turner's plays on the outside on offense, and then on defense you just flip flop, or you know they're both playing. But but like Turner kind of assumes the role of like the five and like tries to paint protect um on on defense. I don't know. But that's the thing, it's like can these guys play together and or are are they just kind of in the same position? Like it they don't have enough differences to to play together. I don't know. I don't know. Um if one of them decides, like, if Sabonis was cool with a sixth man role, I mean, it's it's what it's the Pacers' best strength. I think it's the the that's the entire reason why the Pacers are uh, winning the games that they do. It's because you know the bench unit comes in and just destroys the other team's bench. Like Sabonis is just constantly leading the team in plus minus. Um, you know he has he does great with like scoring rebounding assists he's just been he's been phenomenal and uh he was really good in the pacers next game so the pacers got the the win over the knicks and uh and then they had a home game against okc and the return of paul george um it was crazy because paul george is such a big um Part of the Pacers, and I'm sure part of, like, the minds of the Pacers fans, but, like, I didn't even give a shit about the Pacers, really, when Paul George was at, at Indiana, like, so I don't really have that strong of opinion of Paul George, like, or that, that, like, admiration for him. I really like his game this year, um, but, like, anyways, he... Paul George returned so you know uh he put on a, a, a quite a show he had six three-pointers finished the game with 36 points um you know the thunder they were they were they had Westbrook you know mv former mvp on pace to get his third season in a row of triple-doubles averaging a triple-double um In this game against the Pacers, he got that triple double. He also added four steals and two blocks. Um, So, OKC's big guys had great games, Um, and like this was the best, I think, the best win of the season for the Pacers, going up against a team like OKC, who uh, many believe to be uh, potentially the the biggest threat to Golden State in the Western Conference. I mean. They're at least in the conversation. OKC is. I I don't think there's a whole lot of people that really believe the Warriors could lose at all. But I can you can make a case that OKC is a, is a threat. Um, and so the Pacers were down. It, it was not a great looking game. The Pacers were down 19 points with I look uh, seven minutes left in the third quarter. They're down 19 and. Then they start making a charge? And it was led with, um, well, I I just remember Sabonis coming in, and uh, Corey Joseph. Um, I don't know, but the Pacers had a, a really good stretch there in the second. It at this in the, at the beginning or like uh, after after that point. So you know, with just a little bit left to go in the third quarter, um, my pet peeve that I talked about earlier, it came. It came in. It, it came into play, and Corey Joseph shot a, a half court shot, you know, with as the third quarter was expiring, and he and he hits the shot, and it cuts the lead to seven points, and it completely changed. T- I mean, the momentum was already starting to go in the Pacers' favor, but going going into the fourth quarter down ten points versus going into the fourth quarter down seven after just hitting the half court shot plus it like multiplied the momentum that they had and it was at home the crowd was going bananas um you know and it's like i was what was i watching i think we i think when uh i think when we were watching the game that they were somebody in they were interviewing corey joseph about it and he even he referenced the fact that some guys don't shoot that because of their percentages and uh i don't know it's like yes that's exactly why you shoot it so Corey Joseph nails this, you know, 46 feet or, for, feet or 46 foot um, heave to end the third quarter, cuts the lead to seven, um, and then the pacers just keep hammering. And uh they ended up, you know, uh tying up the game uh right towards the end of it. So, uh, pacers had the ball. Um we're about to take the last shot, and it was—I think it was Bogdanovich—took a like a mid-range jumper, and he uh, he missed it. But Wesley Matthews came in for the tip putback, and there's like one second left. OKC calls timeout. Um, Westbrook shoots a three. He got a good look, but he just was quite a bit off, and Pacers win 108-106. Uh, really, just kind of came back and stunned. Stunned the Thunder. I think the Thunder thought that they had the game. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, like Paul George had 36 points. Westbrook huge triple double night. Uh, Adams had a good game. Like they did what they normally do to win, and then uh, they just didn't close the close the door. And the Pacers took it took advantage of them. Uh, Sabonis was huge. He had 26 points. He shot 12 of 13 from the free throw line. He had seven rebounds, four assists, uh, best plus-minus in the game. He was a plus-14. That was for both teams. Um, Bogdanovich, another, you know, this is what he does. Uh, last in that game against the Knicks, 24 points. In the game against OKC, 23 points. Um, yeah, and the thing with that game, it's like, why it was such a good win was just that the Pacers, they didn't quit. I mean, they, they really just fought um the entire game and they kind of just wore out OKC. Um so that was like a really good win and it actually moved the Pacers back up into third place although they're now back into fourth. Um they were in third for like a day or two. And so uh that that was the game against OKC, just a great team win. Uh and then this this past that was on Thursday, and then now they play there th- then they start this four-game road trip and they were at Denver. Um this was a really good game. So the Pacers started out on fire. I think they scored 36 points in the first quarter. They were they're hitting everything. And the Nuggets just started coming back on him, though. The uh, Late in the second half, I think the Nuggets closed the the first half on a 15-2 to two run and ended up going into halftime only down three points after the Pacers had led 18 or 19, 19 already in that first half. Um, and the Pacers, you know, I'm trying to think about how they were doing that, like, I, you know, in the first quarter, they just scored 36. They were hitting everything from outside. Um, and then they just started to cool off a little bit in the second quarter. And then that eventually turned into just that ice cold mode that the Pacers can go into where they they only scored 15 points in the third quarter um, against the Nuggets. And so the Nuggets end up taking the lead. After being down 18 already in the game. Uh, and I was just thinking like, I'm pretty sure the Pacers had a quarter where they only scored 11 recently and, and another one where they only scored 14. And so I'd be interested to know, you know, how many, what are the lowest quarters in the NBA this year? And like, what percentage of those belong to the Pacers? Because this team, when it goes cold, it goes so cold, um, but luckily, their defense stays engaged, and generally the other team, at least in this case, against Denver, uh, Denver wasn't able to run away from the Pacers because the Pacers were just playing so hard. They just play so hard on defense, and uh, it's um, another reason why they're able to win these games. It's uh, Well, they didn't end up winning this game against Denver, Um They had a chance, but, uh, and you know, they just didn't, but they, 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 they really did play hard and, um, I don't know, it was just, it was a good game. Oh, it was, this, there was an interesting moment in this game where uh, Jokic, the, uh, the big man for the Nuggets, he... He, he had a really good game by the way I didn't I don't I didn't write down what his stats were but I bet he had 26 28 points like maybe about 30 points and uh he was just really in control hitting a bunch of threes and he's so physical too I you know I, it's been a long time uh actually I don't know if I'd ever really watched Jokic play an entire game straight through but that was just one thing that stood out to me watching this game. And once again, it was right it was against Miles Turner uh most of the time. But yeah, he's just he's so big and um he uses his body effectively. Uh, but he he got called for a foul trying to box out turner or turner was trying to box out Jokic. And really, you know, I thought you could have called it on Turner too, because Turner had his elbow hooked. Up on Jokic, so he had Jokic's arm hooked, but Jokic was definitely being like way too. Well, I don't even know. He was just being aggressive. He was going after the ball, um, and they called the foul on Jokic, and then he just dropped the F bomb or something like right away, and um, got a T. And then must have hit the referee with another F-bomb following the T, and then got another T and got tossed from the game. And uh, that was with probably like three to three, three to five minutes left in the game. Uh, and so that felt like a, a real big uh, positive for the Pacers because losing Jokic, who had been torching us, and then now they had to bring in Plumlee. I was like, okay, that's that's, an, that's a win. And I think that at this time the Pacers were probably down... I don't know, they probably got down between like 7 or 9, 10, maybe 10 points. Uh, but then they come charging back here to, to close the game. And yeah, they just end up losing, oh, what was the score? I think 102 to 100. Um, yes, 102 to 100. So that that's, a, you know, that's the recap there on the three games with a win against the Knicks, a win against OKC. Then a loss at, at Denver to start this four game road trip. It was a tough one. That was one that, you know, the Pacers had a chance to win it. Um, and then now they've got three, three games coming up against playoff teams in the Western Conference. You know, uh, Monday, Portland, who's, uh, you know what? I haven't even checked the standings in the West. They're probably in, the, in that three, four, five range uh the Golden State well no sorry uh first they they go to LA so they go from Portland on Monday to LA on Tuesday to play the Clippers who are in that 678 spot in the Western Conference and then they go to the number 1 team Golden State on Thursday and then they fly back home for a game Sunday against the Nuggets again and uh, so that's one, two, three, four games in six days for the Pacers, and it's against four Western Conference playoff teams. So let's see what we can do. I mean, I think you can. There was obviously the Pacers had a lot of confidence. I I, I believe after that win against OKC, they came out and just you know they came out and punched Denver in the mouth and then uh, were able to just kind of knock Denver off enough to make it, you know, keep it a close game. So I think that they could still, you know, hopefully still carry some of that momentum with them. I think it's going to be important, obviously, with Portland having, um, I think the Pacers could beat Portland and they could beat LA. Um, The reason being, like, I think the Pacers could lock, you know, they, they're pretty, they're good defensively. And I think if you can, sh- if you can have Lillard and McCollum contained, that that will be all right. I don't know. I mean, Port- Portland should definitely be favored to beat us. But I think if we play as well as we played against OKC and Denver, that we would have, we'll be, we'll have a chance in this Portland game. And then with LA, I think that the LA is just another version they're like the Pacers at the the West. Just a lot of a lot of above average players. Um but we could have problems at Golden State. I that's gonna be a tough one. But I don't know. So there we are. We're 44 and 26 at the moment. Uh 12 games left in the regular season. Fourth place in the conference, one game up on Boston. And I saw that Philadelphia, who is now in third place, they just beat Milwaukee today. So now they're going to be at least a game up on us, a full game. Um, Let's see, I was just going to refresh the standings here. Uh, But anyways, that's uh, kind of where the paces are at, I think. Let's see here. Yeah, Pacers are a game behind Philly. Um, One thing I did notice, you know, not to just kind of poo-poo on Miles Turner, but he has been shooting a lot of jump shots recently. And I like that because, you know, he's a pretty good shooter. He's very streaky, it feels like Some games it seems like he can't buy one, and then sometimes he'll hit eight of ten. Um, but he definitely seems to be shooting more jumpers, and I'm wondering if that's I don't know what the percentages are, but it feels like a much higher percentage of his shots are now further away from the basket where they where maybe they were earlier. And I do think that that's that's okay. Because I also like the fact that he has been putting the ball on the floor a few times. We've seen like he'll he'll throw a pump fake um, on that three point shot and then put the ball on the floor and actually take it all the way to the hoop, um, which is awesome. Like I would I love the idea of having Turner be able to, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit. Now he's definitely not great at it. Um, so the question would be like, can, can he develop? Enough of handles to do that, you know, a couple more times a game. Put, actually take the ball on the floor, put the ball on the floor, and try to drive past the defender. Um, I think for him, it's a matter of can he just physically be able to do it, um, like be shifty enough. But I don't know. So, but what happens is like over the past couple of games, he's he's been really struggling. Um, and those those jump shots aren't falling, and he's having a, you know, he just he, he's he doesn't feel like he's making this as big of impacts on the games, in my opinion. Um, and it's not just it, it is a lot because he ha- he's not hitting these jump shots, but the blocks haven't been there the past couple of games. I mean, he's still getting about one or two, but he had been doing like five, six, seven. Uh, and his field goal percentage, frankly, is like I want. It's maybe just above forty percent. And then I just feel like, I don't know. He is just like he seems to be rushed and to and to be um, uncomfortable. I feel like some, he just kind of has this. He just looks to me to be uncomfortable um like he's got he's like really pressing to to like do these things that he like to i think to like reach these um like like an example like okay so i just feel like he thinks that he's someone who's going to make like to be he's like an all-star and and i think he has definitely has the potential to be an all-star um and in some areas, I think Turner has looked really good this year. Uh, but, like, he misses the two free throws down the stretch against... I want to say this was just this, this game that I just watched today, the Denver game. Yeah, but he misses uh, two two free throws, right? I mean, with less than, like, you know, 40 seconds or whatever. Uh, just, just misses both of them. And... It, it, on one hand it's like yeah you're a big guy um it's okay it's okay that you missed it miles like you don't we don't expect you to knock down those free throws um like we want you to but you're not like a 90 or like a 85% free throw shooter in the regular season either you're like you know it's not that surprising to see Turner miss a couple but you would just think that you want him to be that guy that makes both of those and kind of, kind of becomes becomes a um, more consistent shooter because he can definitely he turns it on and so, and that shot looks good he really does have a good shot so I just think yeah if if Turner could continue to shoot those threes and be able to hit those you know free throw line the mid range. Um, ...that's good because that ultimately could leave room for Sabonis to operate down in the post. So, like, really what we would want Turner to become would just be, like, more... ...way more yoga, way more um, agility, and then way more jump shooting, and... ...I don't know, I wonder if that would help him on defense... Like you'd think it would make him maybe a little bit more springier and be a little bit more active in the passing lanes, but what about physically if you were to lose any more mass? Because he seems to already have a tough time down there. Um, I don't know, but I think right now he just is—he's like he's—he's almost there, but it's just the consistency that he's lacking at the moment, and. I don't know. He's still a young man. I think he's twenty two years old, and it's just cool. Like to, like, I'm not. I, I like Turner. Um, he definitely, you know, is into the game. Um, it's like, what do you, you know, that it's it's that's the question. What do you do with Sabonis? Can you play these two guys? Because I like Sabonis better that's hard but i want both of these guys like i love i love turner because i think he could ultimately be a really awesome and unique three and d type player where you know he's blocking a ton of shots like leading the league in blocks but then also you know knocking down two threes a game and shooting 80 percent from the free throw line getting a steal a game you know uh, maybe only averaging like fourteen points, but getting like six rebounds, and just becoming a more efficient player, and it's fine because the Pacers have enough players that we don't need Turner to average twenty points. Even though like, maybe maybe you would think that would be the best path for him, where right it would be to like average twenty or so, but maybe it's not. Like maybe he just can focus on other things and just you know kind of be. An all-around glue type player, the way that Dad Young's a glue type player, but just unique glue player because it's Miles Turner. Um, and then maybe that you know, and then that's kind of like with Sabonis. Then can Sabon What could Sabonis start to do? That's that makes him more. I think one thing is you know, handling the ball for Sabonis, like being a playmaker, is huge. Um. I don't know. I don't know. He seemed to enjoy fin- finishing the game. That game against OKC. I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but Thad Young was like it was. It was about it was about that. It was about Thad's time to check back in the game, and, and Sabonis would have gone to, to the bench. But Sabonis and Turner on that entire Pacer team was doing so good at the moment. They were coming back from being down, you know, nineteen previously, and. Thad was like, "No, not like keep him in." He, so he, you know, didn't come, didn't go into the game. Um, and ter- I mean, Sabonis was like, "That was awesome of Thad to do that." And he, you know, he seems to be cool with that. That Thad was like, I don't know. I I, I just think Sabonis is gonna want that more. Um, wanting, he's gonna want to be the guy that's playing down the stretch, but. Kudos to him for not like causing a stink about it. And maybe he's cool. Maybe he's fine, like not being that guy right now, um, because he's still really engaged on the bench. The whole Pacers team is always—they're always into the game, and that's the thing that makes this team so fun to watch and root for, really. Because you just—you just—they're fun to root for, except for when they go uh, and they go skinny dipping in ice cold water getting 11 points in a quarter, freezing. Freezing out the fans. Um, Let's see, I believe that might be it. I don't think I have anything else to say about the Pacers. Although since my, my last pet peeve was remedied so quickly, I think I have a new one that I'd like to throw out there. And this is gonna be sound like my dad. I'm gonna sound like my dad for a little bit, but the complaining to the refs is just it's exhausting to watch. I don't understand how every single call fosters, you know, just this onslaught of everybody's disapproval. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, the coaches are always yelling at the refs. The players are always yelling at the refs. I just don't get it. I never was a ref yeller. Like, I never, I was never one of those, like, blame it on the refs type of guys. And it's like, I don't know. I would just like to see that go down. I mean, they're doing the best job that they can. And, like, and whenever they make a bad call, I think it's totally f- fair and um, it's good to yell at the ref. But it's just like every single call is that way. And so, I don't know. It would just, it looks like a sucky job because you just got to tell guys to shut up all the time. But. <laughs> What was it? Uh, I just, I didn't really see a whole lot of this, um, like the buildup to what happened, but their game against the Clippers and the Bulls where the head coaches, uh, Doc Rivers and was it Jim Boylan or something Boylan, um, like looked like they were going to start fighting. They They were walking to meet each other at half court or something. And they, I think they both got ejected from the game and. Um, what am I talking about? Who knows? Who knows? But I got a big week ahead, and running a five k on Saturday with my wife, and this will be a good one. I uh, this is this will be the the least amount of shape I'm in to to run a five k. I haven't ran. Really in the since in, in over the past month. Um maybe only ran two or three times. And then uh but I have ran over three point five miles. So I'll be able to cover the distance. I'm not I'm not worried about covering the distance, but I am worried about how I feel if I try to run hard. <laughs> if I try to like run it, not just to go the distance, but if I try to run it um, I don't know to either like win or to compete for one of the top spots, then I could get, I could be in some serious pain on Saturday. And uh, I don't know which route I'm going to take. I'll probably end up doing a mixture of both. I'll probably get out there and press until I hurt, which will probably be about a half mile in. And then I'll just, eh, you know, Get the get the tolerant to get the pain down to a tolerable level, tolerable, a tolerant level. Um, yeah, so 5k gonna go to after that, going to Columbus to see a band called Yolk Lore, and then who I've been digging lately. Um And you know what, you know how I even got into it, like, so I was listening to some just random playlist on Spotify, and they did a cover of Truly Madly Deeply, which would put it, what what was that, like, I don't know, I was probably in 6th or 7th grade or something when that song came out, it was like the sweetest, sweetest, uh, most romantic song to, uh, You know, be at a dance or something and dance with that song. Oh, so much young love, right? But uh, he does a great cover of that song. So that guy actually got me hooked. I was like, hey, what's this? Um, And yes, that's about it. Looking forward to that. All these Pacer games are on the West Coast. So I'll probably be... Recording these and watching them a day later. Um, Actually, for sure, I will be because they don't start till like 1030. And. uh, I'm not staying up that late, so. All right, I think that'll, uh, that'll do it for this pacer pod. Hope everybody has a good week. Hope the Pacers can. One win would be great if they could get one out of the next four. Two would be great. Uh, We'll see what they can do. They're playing well. Um, They keep fighting. And I'm still cool with rooting for them. All right. Peace.